This is the Hans Shot First Podcast. They don't know it, I'm telling you. We'll be talking in-depth about common movie moments from my dead body. With the mix of all things pop culture along the way. Yeah, all Scott. Okay. Welcome everyone to Hans Shop First. I'm Jeff, joined as usual by Scott and Alex. Say hello. Hello. Hey. This week we're talking about Oscar. <laughs> Hi, Scott. Hey. <laughs> we're not talking about the Oscar Award. We're not talking about the Academy Awards. We're not talking about... I don't know. We're talking about... <laughs> the 1991 comedy directed by john landis <laughs> quote unquote comedy yeah uh based off of a screenplay by claude magnier i guess i don't know a screenplay by michael berry starring sylvester stallone Chaz palmentary uh what's her face <laughs> marissa tomei there you go marissa mm-hmm. tomei that's uh, how hey. that's how good i am jeff just gave me the one clue and then i was able to uh, Don Amici, um, um, John Atherton, Harry Will- Sher, William Atherton, William Atherton, yeah. uh, the lawyer from Jurassic Park. <laughs> oh, that's right. That is that guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, good, good call, uh, Alex. Uh, Vincent Spano, uh, Peter Babe Lee, Ruth, Peter. Yeah, Art Lafleur. Yeah, Art Lafleur. Um, um, Kurtwood Smith. Yeah, I was going to say, what's yeah. his name from? Was it Clarence Boddicker? What's yeah. his name from? Bod- <laughs> yeah. Boddicker. Red Foreman. I'm missing somebody else. Who was... Because Laura walked in. She's like, oh, this has, this has a good cast. And I'm like, yeah, yeah it does. So, yeah. But that's where it stops. Uh, Don Amici. Um, Kirk Douglas. Kirk Douglas, yes. Yeah, well, there was somebody else. Tim uh, Curry. Preacher again? Oh, Tim Curry. That's who the, it was. She saw the, the pre- scene with Tim Curry... Marissa Tomei and Sylvester Stallone. She's like, ooh, and I'm like, nope, you're good. The uh, the priest was Don Amici. Yes. Oh, that's right. And it was the right time to roll me. Anyway, anyway Scott, you nominated this movie. What's your history with it? Uh jeez. I I feel like this this is one of those movies that I saw in the theaters. But I, I'm starting to think that I just have this vague, like, hazy outline of a theater for all these older movies for some reason. Uh, if that makes any sense. Um, but yeah, I definitely saw this as a kid. Um, I, I honestly don't remember if I enjoyed it or not. I do remember thinking, oh, it's Stallone. Like, I've seen him in a couple action movies. You know, Rocky IV uh, was probably the first Rocky movie that I saw. Um, and... I, I do remember recognizing Tim Curry because I loved Clue. Yes. Yeah. I probably recognized some of the other actors, but it probably didn't matter all that much. And then not seeing this for a very long time. And I, I think I've seen it again at some point. But yeah, I, I really didn't remember a whole lot about this movie. Okay. Alex. I just remember seeing the VHS box at the video store. <laughs> And thinking, Sylvester Stallone in a comedy? Yeah, I'll pass. I'd pay money to see that. 
Nope. So this is the first time I'm I uh, watched it. Okay. Um. I I I saw this. I rented it. I mean, at that time, anything Stallone and or Schwarzenegger were doing, I was definitely watching it. And they drifted into these comedies. You had this, and you had Throw Mama from not Throw Mama from the Train. Uh, Stop or my mom will shoot. <laughs> I, like I watched that one. He's <laughs> like Arnold had his twins, and I mean Arnold's were better in Kindergarten Cop and stuff. Uh, so I watched it. I remember not liking it at all. Uh, <laughs> and some of it was I had really wasn't in, at that time. I probably hadn't seen a mob movie, so some of the some of the jokes they were going for, I wouldn't have got. Um, and he was probably the only one I knew. Yeah, maybe Tim Curry from Clue. Or it was was Home Alone two out at this point? I I don't know. Like the few maybe I had seen Tim Curry at that point. Uh, right, because he's in Home Alone two, right? Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah, he is. Mm-hmm. But I, I, oh, I'll have more to say about that. <laughs> okay. Um, I would have recognized him from Legend. Yeah, the giant devil. Just, no, yeah, yeah I love Curry. that movie. <laughs> I know, but I don't think I would have remembered him from that. Um. So yeah. Uh, that's my history with it. So let's uh, let's get going. Uh, as usual, we're each going to talk about seven items from the movie. Scott, what's your number seven? Okay, uh, just real quick before I get my seven. Like normally, we we don't really give a synopsis. We just kind of toss things out there. But I feel like this one bears a little bit of background. <laughs> uh, so th- this is a, a what was that, Alex? Oh, because nobody's seen it. <laughs> exactly. That's my point. Yeah. Um, uh, so this is a effectively it's a stage play. Uh, it's a, a comedy of airs uh, about a gangster and his family in 1931. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. It, again, it, it's it was obviously adapted from a stage play. Although I guess there was a movie about this in the 60s, um, more closely related to the stage play uh, that wasn't really about gangsters, but it was followed the same basic plot. Uh, but basically, yeah, just a series of misunderstandings goes on, and uh, Sylvester Stallone's character uh, snaps provolone is at the center of it all, um, which which segues nicely into my number seven, uh, which is that it was fun for me uh, to see the the kind of mundane side of, of gangster life, at, at least um, when it when it's played up for for entertainment value, uh, the way that it was here, um, where. Uh, the, the whole movie pretty much just takes place inside of his house in, in 1930s New York. And uh, uh, Sylvester Stallone's character, um, it just basically he, he's gone clean because he's promised his father that he's going to give up his life of crime uh, who, who on, on his deathbed. And yeah, he just shows him um, just dealing with, with being trying to be not a gangster anymore. Um, you know, he's deal with his, uh, overbearing daughter and wife, um, and all of his, uh, his henchmen that are basically serving as, uh, like butlers now and cooks and, um, but they all, they all still, they all still dress and act like, like they're gangsters. Um, and they, they do play up the, the stereotype here. Uh, but I, I again, it's just fun. It's kind of like, um, you know, I, I didn't watch a lot of the Sopranos, but, Seeing that side of thing where it's like, yeah, he's just, well, he's he's still a psychopath, but, uh, <laughs> um, you know, he he's still got he's a guy with normal problems and and impulses and 
Uh, it's fun to see that side of things in, in the midst of a crime drama. Although I would hardly call this a crime drama. But uh, anyways, again, that's my number seven. Just seeing the mundane side of, of these these uh, criminals. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sopranos did it better. Alex, which number seven? <laughs> this movie was just a bland start. Like, oh my gosh. Like, I didn't really start paying attention to the movie until uh, a little bit past halfway. Like, when they start, when they started doing, like, uh, the, they introduced the bag with the MacGuffin and the switching of the bags and, and stuff started to get a little bit more convoluted. Then that's what forced me to, like, okay, let's, it, things are finally starting to get interesting. Let's, let's tune in. I think I agree with that. I definitely was cursing Scott. <laughs> 30 minutes through this movie it was like, oh, my, fuck. my job is yeah. mission accomplished <laughs> and God the last yeah, maybe an hour anyway the last 30 minutes there was enough at least tempo going that I was at least somewhat interested to see how the movie finished so I'll give it that yeah. <laughs> I didn't yep. turn it off in disgust and but oh my gosh that, it start was a new podcast that... with different members <laughs> it was <laughs> It was pretty painful that scene with uh, Kirk Douglas and everything. It's like, Jeebus H, is the whole movie going to be like this? It was like, it's awful. I, don't know. I thought it was amusing. Well, that leads to my number seven. Is <laughs> Not amusing. Is this, <laughs> no, wait. Is this a spoof movie or is it just a normal comedy? They were going all over the place. There'd be scenes like that where he dies and then he comes back and slaps him in the face. Like, okay, is this Naked Gun? There's another Is this scene. Johnny Dangerously? Yeah, exactly. Then there's other stuff where it's obviously a comedy the whole time, but then it's not spoof level where it's more just straight up comedy, not what I consider spoof. So I, I don't know. I just didn't know where this movie was going at times, and then that really. There's another scene I'm going to talk about. Well, just, well, the disarming scene where he's like taking guns out of every pocket yeah. and stuff. Like, okay, I, come uh, on. That took forever. I we got yeah. the joke before it even happened. You don't have to do it. <laughs> I, I I could not disagree more with you guys about the disarming thing. Uh, nope. But yeah, no, I, I agree, Jeff. Because yeah, that that was a little over the top. But I but I think that was where a lot of the the, the humor was trying to go was just over overly dramatized, yeah, dramatized uh, like scenes. Yeah, it just wasn't consistent for me. But anyway, that's my number seven. Uh, what's your number six, Scott? Uh, my number six, and, and this is probably why I enjoyed it more than you guys, is that I, I am a sucker for these these adapted stage plays. Um, and uh, yeah, th- this is obviously that. Um, I, I will say I, I kind of wish it was a little snappier. Um, and maybe some of that has to do with, with some of the dialogue and some of the actors. Uh, but, um, I felt like, um, at at points it it almost felt like a, a, like shades of like a Marx Brothers movie and mostly just because Peter Riegert, um, just get an audible mention out of the way now. But, uh, I thought, I thought he was good in this as, as the, uh, eventually erstwhile butler, um, just kind of doing his best. I, I don't know, uh, <laughs> like Brooklyn, uh, like Groucho Marx by way of Brooklyn impression, I guess. Um, 
but yeah, just it's obviously you know staged. There's there's like four or five different rooms. There's the garden, and that's pretty much it. Uh, other than a couple other side things, um, and yeah, I, I'm always uh, I, I always enjoy seeing those play out, where you're kind of uh, where you you really can take notice of, of like all the blocking and where people are standing and moving around because it's so important because the the sets are so limited. Um, and yeah, I just that always adds a layer of enjoyment for me. Um, even when I may not think what I'm watching is that great. Um, and, and I think it's handled co- mostly competently here by John Landis. Um, but I feel like he kind of missed the the point here a little bit. I wonder if he killed anybody making this movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I thought about that too. And he whacked, whacked them. I, 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 th- I thought about that too, Jeff. And uh, We'll never know. Maybe one of those mm-hmm. guns... Maybe he was just wham. Anyways, um, I will say. I mean, it's, at least they they called attention to it. I if they would have gotten rid of twenty percent of going up and down the stairs scenes, and the movie would have been like half an hour shorter. <laughs> I, I like that they called it out at some point. I think Sly does or something. But like it was just God, goddamn stairs. There, there is, you know, what, Jeff, you you, <laughs> yeah. He does go up <laughs> up and down those stairs a lot in this movie. <laughs> yeah, everyone talks about Rocky. No, it's this movie. He goes upstairs. <laughs> yeah. He even makes a joke about a boxer winning a fight. Going oh, yeah. Up. If he worked out as much as I do going up and down these stairs, he would have won that fight. Yeah, something like yeah. that. Yeah. Get her. It's a Rocky joke. All right. Alex, number six. My number six is that I recognized two alums from Animal House and two alums from Home Alone 2. Animal House. So yep. it was, uh, yeah, the cigar-chewing butler and uh, Niedermeyer as one of the bankers. Yep. And then it was Tim Curry, of course, from Home Alone 2. And this one's a little bit of a deeper cut. It was in Home Alone 2, the old guy that was the owner of the toy store. Yep, it was, he yeah, was the, 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 the snitch here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, look at that. All right. So and then I, I was waiting for somebody else from Jurassic Park, but it was only the lawyer. All right. Did you guys spot Quato? Oh, yeah. He was one of the reporters. <laughs> yep. Good job, Alex. Uh, what's, that act- yeah. what's that actor's name again? Uh, his name is... I actually wrote this down. <laughs> Not even I knew this. Uh, Marshall Bell. <laughs> Oh, I thought he had a more power. Okay, I know who he is. He's in everything, but okay. Yeah, he's been in a ton mm-hmm. of things. Yeah. Well, let's see. If you're doing connections here, there was Sue Ellen Ewing from Dallas. Was there any other Dallas? Was um, <laughs> uh, blah, 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 blah. God damn it! I blew that joke. Forget it. All right, okay, my all right. number six. <laughs> yep. What? <laughs> We're not going to talk about Arlene Sorkin. Who's Arlene Sorkin? The man <laughs> The man, she, yeah, the manicures. You, you, she was channeling Harley Quinn. She was the the, the first oh. voice actress for Harley Quinn. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. As well as a cameo in Spaceballs. Well, not a cameo, but a small role in Spaceballs. I should say. Oh. If you're not if you're not a known actor, I don't think it counts as a cameo anywhere. So Marissa Tomei was kind of talking like Harley Quinn in this whole movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, well, my number six is all the authentic Italian accents in this movie. 
Yeah. I don't know. It got annoying. It is all over the place. <laughs> I think Ornella Muti is the only one that's doing an actual... <laughs> Who's that? Is that his wife? Yeah, the wife. Yeah. yeah. She also must from, be the only real Italian. Like, she yeah, definitely sounded yeah. like she knew what she was doing. From the the uh, the princess from Flash Gordon. Oh, that's right. Son of a bitch. She looked familiar to me. Who yeah. and, then, and the trivia, just just Hollywood nonsense. She's only nine years older than Marissa Tomei. So? <laughs> what would that be in the trivia? Because they're mother and daughter in the movie. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I forgot. All right. Well, yeah. The Italian accents got <laughs> were, were Sorry, pretty Jeff. bad in this movie. Even Ar- you don't even know Arnold. Not Arnold. But I don't even know what Stallone was even trying in this movie. He, was he, he even was trying? Doing, no, he was just playing Stallone. Nope. Yeah. Tim Curry had a pretty good accent. He did. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go on the record and say Tim Curry was the only bright spot of this movie for me. Which could probably be said about all his performances. But anyway, uh, Scott, what's your number five? Uh, my number five, um, speaking of accents, I, I I did really like some of the performances in this. Um, unfortunately, Stallone and Tomei were not two of the ones that I, that I liked. Um, yeah. This was not a, a, a strong start for Marissa Tomei. <laughs> I don't know if this was at the very beginning of her career. Have she done anything <coughs> before this? Me. Um, I can actually look that up while we're talking. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it just, her, it, hers was just a little too overwrought. And when she's throwing the tantrums, that was definitely more annoying than funny. Um, mm-hmm. and then Stallone just, it, it just looked like he had a hard time keeping up. Um, I, I do think that like, like, uh, Schwarzenegger, that if you give Stallone like the right material and the right doses, that he can actually be really funny. Um, but again, it's, it's like when, when he's kind of playing a caricature, caricature of himself, which, which he kind of is here. Um, but yeah, it just, it felt like a lot of the, the, the lines that, that are supposed to be funny from him. Just, he just like his timing was off somehow. Um, and that's too bad. Cause I, 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 otherwise, you know, I, I think he's okay in this. Um, he just doesn't quite, uh, like pull it off to, to carry the the movie as the, the central character. Yeah. And and again, Tomei, yeah. um I I I'm trying to think of what she, what's like Family Guy or something like that. Or probably not even Family Guy. It might have been a jeez, like a Futurama joke about how Marissa Tomei won her Oscar because she made a deal with the robot devil. Um <laughs> but it's funny because I've seen her in like in lots of things where she's really, really good. Um this just is not one of them. She was good in Seinfeld. Was she in, what was she in Seinfeld? She's got a Marissa Tomei thing going on. Yeah. She played herself. I'm trying to think. So, Oscar... I've, I've only seen her in, like, three movies. <laughs> so, this yeah, this might have been her first, like, big screen movie. Oh, well, she was in The Flamingo Kid in 1984. Oh, in the Toxic Avenger, Health Club Girl, uncredited, also nineteen eighty four. Mm. And then after Oscar was my cousin Vinny in ninety two. She's in four my rooms. My biological clock is ticking. 
and Chaplin. Yeah, I haven't seen any of these movies. Oh, I remember. Yeah. I don't remember her from Chaplin. Only you. I know that. RDJ. Uh, Mila Jovovich was in Chaplin. There's a huge, there's a great, that movie has a great cast. Uh, Chaplin does. Um, anyway. Anyway. Yeah. I forgot where we left off. Who's turn? Who's going? So that that was my number five, which is basically saying that Stallone and Tomei kind of fall flat here. All right. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. I'll have some more to say about it later. Alex, what's number five? Whenever I see some of these old-timey movies, I, I like some of the local, like, colloquialisms of the time and whatnot. And my favorite, the one I actually uh, chuckled out loud, was that, why don't you wrap your teeth around some lunch? <laughs> I found that very funny and charming i like that one yeah there, there's there's quite a bit of, of fun dialogue here being bandied about mm-hmm. yeah it's all right although i don't think cojones is an italian word and that gets said a few times although that might just be they might yeah. have gone through the, the whole lexicon because i think they say chutzpah at one point they might have just been saying like every word that they knew for balls <laughs> yeah um Although, I don't know, 1931 people have been tossing around Spanish in New York. I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, New York's know. always been the melting pot. So anywhere. It's true. But I saw gangs in New York, and there weren't any Spanish people there. <laughs> it wasn't 1931. <laughs> yeah, it's all the same. <laughs> Close enough. The, what's, what's, the, what's, Alex, what's the, uh, what's, what's Spanish for rabbit? Conejo. Conejo. The morto conejo. Oh, yeah. Dead rabbits. Nice. Anyway. Anyway. El El Morte Conejo. All right. Well, on to my number five. (laughs) It is the WTF crucifixion pose by Stallone in this movie. That made me laugh. I like that. I I laughed because I was just like, what the fuck? I just don't think I've ever seen that in a movie before. Yeah. So we're just going to lean against the fireplace and pretend to be... I don't know if he was doing ah, whatever. I thought Have it was, you ever seen that uh, in a movie was, before that wasn't Jesus based? Um, I've seen it in no. a video game, but uh, <laughs> no, it uh, like not for laughs like that. No, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Well, I guess I missed this. I don't know. I feel like well, yeah. I think there's a bunch of movies going back and forth with his everything, and he just. He leans up against the mantle of the fireplace. Oh, yeah, his arms are spread out. And he, his feet are together and he hangs his head. Alex, out of all three of us, you yeah. should have been like the one to notice it more. Yeah. I guess so. But yeah, I completely missed it. Yeah. Mm. I was like, what the hell? I mean, I, I liked it. I'm like, that's really obvious. But like, he, it's so exaggerated that they obviously were, were, were. It wasn't supposed to be subtle. So No, it wasn't. It was. Yeah, so I don't know how Alex missed it, but yeah, it was. Yeah. Anyway, that's my number five. Scott, number four. Uh, my number four, um, I, I did like the Fanucci's. Um, and then I, I really like the payoff eventually for them, uh, where um, Vincent Spano's character, Anthony, thinks that they're, they're hitmen um, when he's playing the piano and they come play along. And he doesn't realize it's them at first, and then he freaks out, and then they, they go on their how they, they do uh, six or eight in a day because they're actually just tailors. And uh, they, they pull out the picture, which I thought was a funny gag in the beginning when they're so proud of that guy that's been like murdered in like the St. Valentine's Day massacre. <laughs> but 
but they're like, hey, see the suit? <laughs> like they're gonna be famous in the suit, just in the the, the underworld or whatever, uh, for all these gangsters and they're and them needing uh, nice looking suits. Uh, also, just fun seeing Harry Shearer uh, in, in anything. Um, and they're I I got to I I it totally felt like half the stuff that was coming out of their mouths was, was just ad libbed. Um, and just let him get away with mm-hmm. it. Um, and, you know, probably, it's probably a lot of Italian gibberish. Uh, and, and to Jeff's point, how they're supposed to be brothers, and they, they were both doing different Italian accents. <laughs> um, yeah, it was it, it was funny. Um, you know, the when he, he Vincent Spano tells him, like, call off your dogs, and he goes, like, Fanucci, sit! And then they both just sit back down. Uh, uh, I, I I just liked uh, their characters, and I think it's mostly just Harry Shearer. Um, yeah, just a fan of his. Um, seeing him get to do some fun stuff here. Um, so yeah, and I and I, again, I like the the hitman gag uh, before they finally are kind of out of the picture. Yep, I thought they were pretty honorable mention for me. They were pretty, and the way they were used, like I said, with the photo and everything. Nice. All right, Alex, number four. My number four is the ensemble cast. This is a phenomenal cast that, uh, yeah, kind of goes nowhere. But, yeah, Star Studded, I, I kept every couple of scenes, I kept seeing somebody that I recognized. It was pretty cool. Just wishing they were in a different movie. Yeah. A little yeah, bit. a little bit. A little bit. does have a good cast. All right. Uh, my number four, and this is one of those running gags that just was not, it was never funny for me. It was the sure thing, boss. Oh my god. Not Sorry, funny. Boss. Sorry, boss. Sure thing, boss. Stop calling me boss. And at the end of the movie, oh, you call me boss. Ha 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 ha! Fuck you. I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah. That was dumb. That's it. That's my number four. Or number, whatever we're at. Number four, yeah. Scott, what's your number three? Three is, is Tim Curry. Um, again, one of the, the highlights here. Uh, just, just this character being so earnest about the the diction and elocution and, and how he keeps correcting everybody. And yeah. I, I loved, like, they did it like three or four times, but him him calling out Chaz Palminteri. And each time Chaz Palminteri just, like, just completely crestfallen, <laughs> thinking he's been, like, totally insulted uh like mostly when when he when he, when he says that he's used an oxymoron and he just gets this look on his face like like his dog died he said you shouldn't have said that <laughs> that's, that's another that. audible mention for me that one that might have been the only jack joke i laughed at in this movie and then and that was funny because they got and then, you know uh stallone's character doesn't understand what the word means either yeah and then, you like, are an oxymoron. <laughs> you are an oxymoron. Yeah, uh, I thought that was funny. Uh, the the dangling participle, and he turns around to check the front of his pants. Um, but yeah, just his character being uh, so earnest about, uh, you know, teaching these these gangsters and just his nerdy passion for um, for linguistics. Um, <laughs> he's going through like playing along, like there's actually money there. <laughs> like, oh yes, <laughs> this is a twenty dollar bill. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just yeah. Again, he was a lot of fun here. Uh, Tim Curry. I I think I think my favorite scene with him though was when they 
the they just randomly yell out, Dr. Pull. And he, he's just standing at the balcony. Yes! <laughs> and then it, it crests fawn when they send him away. But, uh, yeah, Tim Curry, number three. Very good. Alex, number three. It's also Tim Curry. He took all my stuff. But he was, yeah, Tim Curry's fantastic in pretty much anything that he's in. Okay. Um, my number three is the disarming scene. I hated it so much. It was what? not funny. Saw it coming a mile away, and it did not make me laugh. Like I said, I've seen this. I, this is um, Enrico Palazzo checking all the batters at home plate into the montage and pu- eventually pulling out a whole sand, <laughs> sander and everything. They just... Pulled out the, K, the, the Vaseline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's just... It's not funny. I mean, maybe... Yeah, no, it's not funny. There's no maybe for me. No. It just dragged. It was just yeah. like, okay, I get the joke, and you keep going. They didn't add like a, a new, a fresh spin to it. They didn't like freshen it up. Yeah, I disagree. <laughs> All right, well, that's yeah. my number three. Yeah. What's your number two, Scott? My number two is disarming Chaz Palmentary. <laughs> uh, this this did get the biggest Ooh. laugh for me. So so I, I was with you guys at first. I was like, okay, there's there's guns, and he's got like the, and then I was like. He pulls out the the knife knuckles. I'm like, okay. And then he, and then I actually chuckled when he pulls out the the bottle that just says poison on it. Um, and then the meat hook. And the one that that really did make me laugh out loud is he pulls out a fucking flail. <laughs> like it's just, it was so non sequitur. Um, yeah, I, I I see where you guys are coming from. Where it was it was kind of ridiculous. Uh, but the flail got me because. Like I would not have like guessed that they were gonna pull that out because yeah, he eventually pulls out the TNT, like another gun, uh, like he has like a grenade. But the like, why would he have? And he pulls out the pipe. But why would he have the flail? Like, where would he even get that? Um, that that made me laugh. Um, so that was one of those things where if it keeps going long enough and it gets ridiculous enough, then it kind of comes back around again. At least it did for me. Um, come on, you can't. You didn't think the flail was funny. No. Yeah. Nope. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> well, that's my number two. All right. <laughs> Alex, what's your number two? I l- liked the case swapping. I don't know what it is, but whenever there's a, like a mysterious case and it, it's being swapped and I didn't know which one it was the real one, and I actually had to pay close attention. It's like, okay, where's the case now? Where's the jewels? Where's the money? Where's the underwear? Uh and I think at the end, it was the German that ended up with the jewels and the maid, the Irish maid that ended up with the cash. Correct? Or am I reversing those? I'm reversing those. But either way, they all end up with the maid and her husband because they're all going to the same place, to the other mobster's house. Right. Right. There it is. Yeah, no, I mean, I I agree. It was just I always get frustrated in those things. It just once you get fooled once, you open and check before you just walk out the door. <laughs> yeah, they just wouldn't. Yeah, that, that's yeah, that's frustrating. Like that's 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 the one problem I have with these these kind of like a lot a lot of these stage plays are like comedy of errors. Like the like maybe Alex remembers. Were, Alex, were you in? You can't take it with you. Yeah. Okay. What were you in that? Yeah, I had a, a bit part as a tax collector. Okay, but 
is it's Boo. just like yeah. <laughs> it's it's but yeah, it's just like if people stop for two seconds, like yeah, like if you're walking out with the underwear instead of the jewels or whatever, like you would you would know the weight the weight would be different. Anyway. I don't know, that was Irish underwear. It's pretty heavy. <laughs> this is true, this is 1930. There was probably like lead line underwear. Mm-hmm. Sorry, lead and asbestos. <laughs> All right. That's a sore subject, Scott. Stop. All right. Uh, my number two <laughs> is what you already mentioned earlier Stallone's acting. It, I think, in parts, he can be funny. Like, I think he's hilarious in. Um, his action, his action movies, but with the more funnier ones, like Demolition Man. I think you know the three seashells. Yeah, yeah, it's like that. You just gotta like dole it out, like properly. Yeah, yeah. when he has to constantly do it, yeah, it's a little tougher. Yeah, there's another one I was thinking of with him, uh, or Tango and Cash, something like that. Like it works, but in this, it does not. And um, like I didn't, I didn't hate him in it. It's just it's it's it was rough. It, yeah, I don't know. I him as the lead kind of ruined this movie. It was still, eh. didn't yeah, hate it, but didn't, yeah. didn't, it, it was definitely stood out to me. I'll, I'll just say that. Okay, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yep. you were going to say something, but I guess not. So Scott, number one, <laughs> uh, number one was, was Chaz Palminteri here. Um, and at first, you just seemed like the like the stereotypical dumb goon, and he is. Uh, but I think he's doing enough with like, like just subtle expression changes and, um, just the, when, when he gets exacerbated about things, um, he, he's really funny here. Um, and, and you you can see when he's paired up with Stallone that, that, that Palminteri does have that timing down, like with the back and forth banter. Um, and you know when when to kind of interject and and when to like hit the uh, the the kind of up like up tempo parts of the dialogue um, and uh, yeah again he's just really funny here um, you know I think more than any of the actors maybe Marissa Tomei in this uh, but he he goes from just like like dumb to um, you know teary eyed when he's watching these these young lovers uh, to you know, look like he's going to kill somebody. Um, to uh, being again uh, confused, um, and uh, yeah, I think he's the 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 brightest spot here. Um, I did one, one other scene with him that I did laugh out loud was, um, and, and this gag eventually paid off was, and 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 I I, I thought it was funny the whole way through how Stallone had to keep collecting guns from everybody. Um, and and you think that the disarming thing is the the payoff for that, but it turns out when he runs in later with the chicken leg, <laughs> and Stallone grabs it from his hand, thinking that it's actually gonna be a gun this time. Uh, I thought I thought that was a yeah. good gag. You got to chuckle out of me. Um, and that that was one of the, like the better scenes where Stallone plays out, where because he doesn't have to say anything, he just kind of like stands there frustrated that he's holding the chicken leg and just slowly. Pulls out the the handkerchief and, and hands it back and um, yeah I, I, again you can see why Chaz Palminteri was did he win an Academy Award I know he was nominated at one point um, to look that up for but, Oscar <laughs> yes for Oscar <laughs> that would have been awesome 
And I think I think it was for Bullets Over Broadway, but I'll have to figure that out. But anyways, yeah, that's my number one is Chance Palminteri here. Mm, nice. Uh, Alright. Alex, number one. My number one is and I'm a s i am like stage plays, especially when they do this, is when they start talking really fast when they're explaining stuff. Because usually when movies tries to toss exposition or tries to explain something to the audience and it's just boring and, and it, it makes me feel like they're treating me like, a, like I'm stupid. It's like, yeah, I'm following the movie. But when they do it like really snappy with really good fast timing between two act two or, or more actors, uh, it's, it's awesome. It's like a, a very good skill. And I loved they did it a couple times here. And it was great every time. That was the highlight for, of the movie for me. Especially when Stallone and Chaz were actually going back and forth because Stallone was trying to explain to him about the two daughters. Yes, that was probably that was probably yeah. Again, Teresa, your daughter. Yeah, two daughters. Yeah, one of one of Stallone's better scenes in this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then that comes. That's the best joke in my opinion because it comes back around where Chaz, uh, who was his character Nucky, Connie, Connie, Connie. (laughs) <laughs> he's just like boss don't you get it she's your real daughter <laughs> it turns out like at the end he's the one that had everything like all his ducks in a row and he knew exactly what was going on from the very beginning after Sly like caught him up that was fantastic type of type of type of Alex I just sent you the crucifixion <laughs> scene you should look yeah. at it alright <laughs> That. <laughs> how did I miss that? I mean, it's only, it's, it's only for a few frames. I can see how Alex would have. <laughs> Diddy Mao. I just found a picture from Rambo. Was this two? Yes. Yeah, yeah, a picture of Rambo 2 being tortured. and It's pretty much a crucifixion <laughs> scene, but not the one yeah. from Oscar. <laughs> All right. Uh, I agree, Alex. And my number one is Tim Curry, which you guys have both already talked about. He, he was great in this. He he added some real humor. His all his stuff was hilarious. I thought like Al, or Scott mentioned with the, uh, the grammar stuff he was bringing out the whole time. So, and then him actually hitting it off with Marissa Tomei and all that stuff was pretty good. So, mm-hmm. Tim Curry is my number one. All right, uh, I had one honorable mention that was the oxymoron joke, which I did kind kind of funny. I chuckled at and uh, you're it. an ox and a moron. Yeah. That was great. Um, I'll mention to Stallone being the only person that didn't know how to pronounce provolone. Because he, he always threw like an E, so he, he kept saying prevolone. When he was saying his own name, but everybody else in the movie would either say provolone or provolone. Provolone. Yeah, he kept saying prev. I thought that was weird. <laughs> like nobody corrected him? Like I don't, I don't understand... Like, what happened there? Yeah, he used the law. Maybe just like, okay, this is our best take. Whatever, we're sticking with it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's one of those deals. <laughs> Landis said, say it right or I'll kill you. <laughs> he said, get to the chop. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, that's horrible. That's that's horrible. I take, yep. take that back. If, if we were doing... Ooh. If we were doing, would you like to take that back? I would take that back. <laughs> Would you like to take that back? Uh, but yeah, that's my only honorable mention. All right. 
Well, let's rate it. As usual, we rate on a scale of one to seven, one being absolute garbage, seven being perfection. Scott, what would you grade this thing? <sighs> another, another one that, that falls between a, a, a couple of values here. Um, between an eight and a seven. Yeah, between an eight and seven. <laughs> um, at, at best, a, a low four. Um, I, I, I did enjoy this, uh, but I don't know that I'm... I'm Feel like watching it anytime soon um again it, it was pretty okay for a stage play um but but i felt like it just wasn't snappy enough and it kind of failed in that regard so i yeah i gotta give it a three wow okie dokie damn alex what do you give this movie i'm gonna give it a four <laughs> okay because this movie was a three for me right at the start. It's like, uh, I'm not, I'm not liking this. But then, you know, after it said constant, then it got slightly better towards the end, where it's like, you know what? I don't hate this. I mean, I don't like it, but I don't hate it. So that's like the middle of the road for me. Okay. okay. And, and Scott, just go back. You don't like this movie. I. Because <sighs> that's what a three means. You don't like it. Yeah. You're not indifferent, which Alex picked, basically. You're saying yeah. you don't like it. I I do like it. I just don't think it's... I don't, I, I don't think it's good. Okay, fine, fine. I, I don't I don't want to argue this, so yeah, make it a four. I'm just trying to understand, because you're the one that... Well, I'm trying, I'm trying to be, like, like, critical here. Like, setting aside my own enjoyment. And <laughs> What? That's the whole point, is your enjoyment. Yeah, I mean it's it's a combination of both for me. Yeah, I don't think they're gonna like go back to the 1991 Oscars and say, "Whoa, whoa, <laughs> these guys in a podcast, we overlooked this thing. It's getting the Oscar." <laughs> <laughs> Literally, six point six on IMDb, by the way. Uh, over half. Mm. Okay, but for me, this gets a solid. It's too too harsh. <laughs> no, whatever. Go, go. This is Two. your rating. Whatever it means to you, man. I, I know there's been movies that I've liked a lot less than this, but I think I've given those ones. So this is a two slash three. I'm gonna go with two. It's kind of the worst movie we've seen in a while. So two for me. All right, what's our crossover topic? Crossover topic is top five criminal organizations. So, All right, so um, does FIFA count? <laughs> yes. The, the NCAA? Does. United States government count? Oh, the IOC? IOC? <laughs> Chase Morgan? Wells Fargo? Mm-hmm. Especially Wells Fargo, Jesus Christ. I don't even want to get into that. But. Oh, yeah. Speaking of which, yeah. Uh, Stallone goes back to being a criminal at the end of Oscar. Spoiler alert, because <laughs> bankers are too scary. Yeah. It's like, Ugh, I'd rather be a crook than go straight. <laughs> you know, look, at, look at shady shit happening at Wells Fargo again. Big surprise. Yeah, anyway. Of course. So, I will go ahead and start. Um, my my number five is uh, kind of the the arch criminal organization to kind of start it all. Um, and, and that would be Spectre, uh, back when they were more respectable Spectre, a more respectable Spectre. 
the mm-hmm. the the beginning of the James Bond franchise. Um, the ah, uh, oh God, I forget the acronym, but uh, yeah, it does stand for something. Um, like extortion is in there, um, terrorism, um, a couple other things. Uh, but yeah, just I really like the idea of this this global criminal network headed up by by super evil geniuses uh, with with like thousands of henchmen to just throw in the the meat grinder. All, all of course dressed the same, um, you know, mm-hmm. as is spoofed in the Austin Powers movies. Uh, in the more recent Bond movies, they did a dumb thing I thought because they set up the whole quantum thing as a sort of a replacement for Spectre. And then they were like, ah, fuck it. We'll just go back to Spectre. And then they, <laughs> and then they made objectively, or subjective, no, objectively, I was right. Objectively the worst Bond movie. <laughs> or the worst, sorry, the worst Daniel Craig Bond movie. Yeah, um, that's a big distinction. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, number five, Spectre. The, the Blofeld-headed Spectre. All right, Alex, what's your number five? My number five is... Uh, the World Crime League. And I won't be remiss if you guys don't know who this is because this was in the comics of Buckaroo Banzai and at the end of that movie, they set up a sequel where it's like, Buckaroo will return and Buckaroo Banzai versus the World Crime League. Mm. And it just left me with so many questions. Uh, I might pick up, like, find the comic book somewhere and start reading about it. But uh, it just seemed very intriguing, especially after how... I saw Buckaroo Banzai for the first time like earlier this year, and it was completely bananas, and I was totally in on the World Crime League. <laughs> then I remembered, oh yeah, this is the only movie. So I was pretty bummed. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Don't worry about it. Okay. <laughs> Alright, well my number five, most of mine are just going to be like family names of Mafia uh, <laughs> stuff. The Cabrazzi's. Yeah. But my number five is the Foot Clan from the... Tur- oh, Ninja- oh Ninja damn it, Jeff. That's fucking good. Damn I know it. God damn it. How did I God. know? God. <laughs> uh, well, my whole list is garbage now. I love it when I out-nerd you nerds. All right. <laughs> number five. Fuck, that one's, that one's going to stick with me. God. <laughs> Bebop, Rocksteady, Shredder, Krang, uh, the, the brain and the Krang. stomach. What Krang? There you go. Baxter Stockman. Mm-hmm. I don't think he was really part of the foot, though. <laughs> so yeah, Foot Clan is my number five. Damn, Scott. Uh, my number four is. So this this initially started up way higher in my list, but I started like really thinking about this. Uh, but number four is the Cowboys from Tombstone, specifically. Uh, the the Powers Booth, uh, Michael Bean uh, led Cowboys, uh, the Jason Priestley, <laughs> uh, Tom Hayden Church. Um, That's good. I like that. And uh, and and of course, um, God, I always forget his name. Uh, the guy that plays Ike. Um, yeah, that guy's such a good actor. Uh, I'll cut your pimp's heart out. But yeah, um, yeah the, the cowboys are, are fantastic villains. To borrow a word from Alex, fantastic. Mm-hmm. All right, Alex, number four. 
Metaverse 4 is from a pretty popular uh, video game series, the Third Street Saints from Saints Row. Okay. <laughs> uh, thir- uh, Saints Row the Third was the first one I played, and it completely blew my mind. It's like GTA, but it's completely bananas. It goes way over the top of the comedy, and it has great voice actors, great gameplay, uh, awesome missions. It, it's one of the few games that I've 100%ed because I just I didn't want to leave the game world. It was so cool. So uh, I recommend it. Saints Row and then Saints Row 4 also was, was really good. But the third is the one that I fell in love with. Okay. Um, my number four, and I don't even know if this is... Uh, yeah, this counts, whatever. The Legion of Doom from DC. All the supervillains. And they live in Darth Vader's helmet from the cartoon. That's all I remember. <laughs> I, I always the thought old, that too. <laughs> the, old, the old 70s Super Friends. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Solomon Grundy want pants too. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But seriously, the damn uh, headquarters looks like Darth Vader's helmet yeah, is like repeating four or five times. Middle of the swamp. Meanwhile, in the Hall of Doom... Yeah, exactly. yeah. So, I don't even remember all the members. I know it was like Lex Luthor. Uh, like you said Solomon Grundy. They they had some C listers. Yeah, <laughs> Cheetah. Um, I mean, they had the the, the, the toy maker yeah. guy. Black God. Panther. <laughs> the toy maker. That was probably the worst one. Was the toy guy? And, uh, yeah, I think I think that I think that that list like fluctuates over there. Uh, if, if you want to watch a good animated Batman, uh, is it Justice League Doom? I think it's the one. Oh, I still haven't seen that. Where, um, Heard it was really ba- basically, yeah, there's like the Legion of Doom sort of. Um, but the idea is that Batman, being Batman, um, and I don't think it's really spoiling anything. They, ba- Batman's put together plans how to take out the rest of the Justice League in case it ever becomes necessary. And evil people get a hold of those plans. And they use it against the Justice League. And uh, yeah, it's it's definitely worth a watch if you if you guys are into the animated DC stuff. All right, cool. I, I just wanted to read you a list from the Legion of Doom. So we have Bizarro, Black, Man- <laughs> Black Manta, okay. Brainiac, Captain Cold, oh, yeah. Cheetah, Giganta. I don't know who that. It's a Wonder yeah, Woman yeah. villain. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. She's big. A Gorilla Grodd. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Lex Luthor, Riddler, Scarecrow, Sinestro, Solomon Grundy, and the Toy Man. Okay. It is fucking hilarious what they did with Brainiac in the 70s. Like, I don't know if that's how it was in the comics, but that that is not the current incarnation of Brainiac. Like, Brainiac's like Thanos level, like in the DC universe, I thought. Well, maybe not quite yeah. Thanos level, but he's up there. Mm-hmm. He's not just he's some like mook. A step below yeah, he's not just like some like cyborg-looking mook with no pants. He's, uh, who's the t- dark side? Yeah, dark side's like the Thanos. dark side is pretty much Thanos. Yeah, yeah, but he's he's like, but yeah, Brainiac is like up there. He's like can carry whole like team up plot lines and stuff together. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say something about this. I'm on Wikipedia. And it has this table here. It has Bizarro, Alter Ego, None, Description, Powers. And then it has Traditional em- Enemy. Never mind. I'm done. All right. <laughs> I was going to talk shit on Wikipedia and I found out my problem. Anyway, 
Because <laughs> it, it, uh, it was actually like the Bizarro set? No, the, I I saw other spots where Superman was in hyperlink. I'm like, seriously, they don't have a hyperlink for Superman? And then I realized that they just did the first one, not all the different reasons. Uh, okay. It would have been funny if they laid out his powers and they said, like, it's super weak. <laughs> yeah, that's Bizarro's superpower. <laughs> gotcha. He could see through lead. <laughs> All right, Scott, what's your number three? Uh, number three is in... Uh, again, this is another one I had to bump down, but uh, Corleone family. Uh, yeah, just the, the quintessential mafia, the one, the, the one that, uh, you know... <laughs> Uh, so Francis Ford Coppola made this movie, um, and they they were worried that gangsters, real gangsters, would get mad at them. But then real gangsters saw this and was like, "Awesome!" And they started acting like the, the Corleones, at least dressing up in the suits and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, the the ultimate uh, crime saga um, with the with his family at the center of it all. Yeah, I agree. This is higher on my list. Same. All right. Scott. I mean, sorry, Alex, what's your number three? My number three is the Yacoveta family. Speaking of uh, uh, gangsters, the Yacoveta family from Boondock Saints. Another Saints. Two in a row. Hmm. The, oh, I haven't seen that movie in a while. The, they were the... Were they Russian? Romanian? I don't even remember. No, there were the Russian guys that they took out in the hotel, but the Yacovetas were the ones where Papa Joe and uh, uh, Ron uh, Jeremy were a part of. <laughs> I saw a clip for that today with Ron Jeremy just kind of like primping. He was like, like running a hand through his hair and I, I left. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, my number three are the Sopranos from The Sopranos. Uh, one of my favorite TV shows of all time. Um, that, not the Sopranos? They whacked the off way more guys. Whoa. Whoa. Um, yeah, I mean that movie, like Scott said, you get to see real, real, real life problems of the gangsters, but they were not going legitimate. Like they were still hardcore gangsters, and you know, like I think one of the first episodes of season one is him taking his daughter to look at a campus for when she's going to go to school. And he sees a guy who's in witness protection program, and he murders the shit out of him while his daughter is, you know, looking at this campus and stuff. So, just really cool stuff like that. Uh, quick, quick, quick uh, Sopranos question, because I, I never really, I only saw a handful of episodes. Did, did they phase out Lorraine Bracco, or does something happen to her? You don't have to tell me what, if that's the case. Because I feel like she just wasn't a part of the show after, like... They were like, oh, she was. I mean, she was part of the show until the end, but she def- he definitely wasn't going to see her. Like every episode at the beginning was him talking to her about his problems, right? Like they just basically dropped attacks. Yeah, they dropped that whole kind of plot line. It felt like, yeah. I, there's a couple scenes that happened that I don't know if they were written in to make. I don't know. To answer your question, I really don't remember it that well. He definitely sees her a lot less later on. Okay, and I don't know if it's because people didn't like that portion of it or because he. He threatened her a couple times and it got scary, so I don't think she wanted him as a client, but I don't know if that was to because they were writing her out or whatever. But she was she still remained till the very end. She was there. Okay. Just not as much. Um 
because yeah, he was said the the story begins with him having a panic attack, and that's why they go see a psychiatrist and take drugs. And what does it mean when your mob boss is on depressants and, or antidepressants? I guess. <laughs> I think you're talking about analyze this. Yeah, it, it is funny that that came out like right after that. <laughs> Only one of them was a comedy; one of them was not so much. Yeah. All right. Um. So that was my number three, mm-hmm. Scott. Number two. Okay. Uh, my number two uh, is I, so it took me a little while to to fill out this list completely because I really stopped to think about it. But then something popped into my mind and immediately was cemented at number two. And I'll just say two words here: Hail Hydra. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Throw up two fists too. I am. You just can't see it. <laughs> I totally didn't think about it. I have a different Marvel one on here. Not nearly as good, but good job. Yeah, that's it. Hail Hydra. Hail Hydra. Okay. Scott, or Alex, number two. My number two. I've boasted, I've talked about this comic uh, a few times on this podcast, and I hope people have read it, but it's the graphic novel or the comic book series Wanted. Uh, It's fantastic. And the fraternity is the crime organization that is uh, uh, the main character gets roped into. And it's pretty much the Legion of Doom, but all the supervillains in the universe actually for once got organized, defeated all the heroes, and then literally remade the world in their image. And uh, it was they're still like hiding in the shadows. They don't operate in plain sight. They're more like puppeteers now for everything. And uh, the it's kind of like saying like the reason the world is it is what it is today. It's because we made it that way. It's a great read. Right, was Bon Jovi in this movie or no? <laughs> <laughs> the comic book. Oh, well, was he in the comic book? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Uh, my number two, the Huts of Gangsters. <laughs> oh shit! Wow. I feel Job less bad Huts. about this one, but still. <laughs> Job of the Huts, crime lord. I don't even know if it has a name. That's how I'm. I'm I think they just called like just called the Huts, right? Yeah, the Huts. Yeah, and it, it's not it's not his race either, right? I don't even know. Because there's like Huts that aren't that aren't so, yeah. that aren't Jabba's, basically. Sounds like we should go to a look. See, this is where my one of my favorite podcasts, Star Wars and Character, fails me because they don't do big characters. They just do shitty characters. So <laughs> yeah, awesome characters. <laughs> Let's see here. Jabba the was was um uh Paul Bettany's character in Solo a hut? <laughs> no, he was part of what was it, the Crimson Tide? Crimson Tide. Crimson Tide. Mm-hmm. Roll Tide. Well, apparently I didn't even know how to use this website. Here, search for it. <laughs> yeah, search for Zero the Hut or Gardula the Hut. Gorgonzola the Hut. <laughs> Pizza the Hut. <laughs> Pizza, baby, you're delicious. Okay, Better I just thought something. Pizza's going to send out for you. Yeah, so his... The Jabba that we know is actually named Jabba Desahilogic Tiur. Right. I'm pretty Everybody sure I said that. that correctly. Yeah. Um, 
Jabba Tehillik Jahira, more commonly known as Jabba the Hutt, or simply Jabba, and formally styled His Excellency Jabba the Hutt. Oh my god, I can't read this. Was a Hutt gangster. Okay, Hutt is um, linked here. Huts were large, slug-like, sitting species. Okay, so Huts is a species, Scott. Okay. But they're pretty much all in organized crime. I feel like this yeah, is. I feel like this is a pretty. Racist. Yeah, I feel like this yeah. is like a not a non-inclusive uh, <laughs> organization here, but okay. Mm-hmm. Not like the Crimson Tide; they'll let anybody in. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, Jabba the Hutt. I really don't know why it's Star Wars. He's he doesn't really do anything. He just tries to like hang Han Solo on his wall, and he. I guess he, has, he gets blowed up. He has slave women, and he eats little. Weird creatures. And he has a good laugh. And you can mm-hmm. step on his tail and he doesn't do anything about it. Yeah, he dies of uh, autoerotic asphyxiation. <laughs> that is correct. Alright, well, that's my number two. So Scott, what's your number one? Number one, again, I had a hard time coming up with this list, but when I, when I thought of this, there was no way it was not going to be my number one. And... Uh, that is the Wing Kong from Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, shit. Uh, Damn it. Yeah. That's pretty good. Got, got uh, the three storms. Uh, you got an army of, of henchmen, uh, recognizable Asian henchmen, uh, like such as Al Lung. Um, there's, uh, there's guns. There's kung fu fights. Um, they, they have a shootout in the streets. Um, and then, of course, there's, there's David Lopan. Uh, the great James Hong, uh, leading it all. How how could the Wing Kong not be the number one criminal organization? It's all in the reflexes. It's all in the reflexes. Yeah, you know what, Scott? I'm so upset that I didn't have this on my list. It's pissing me off to no end. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> nice, nice one, nice one. All right, Scott, I mean, Alex, number one. Uh, the Corleones. For me, when I think gangster organized crime, Corleones are always the first uh, first crime family that pops into my head. When, when you think about gangsters? Gangsters. Yes. Okay. Yes, I do. Uh, my number one as well. Um, just, yeah, I love the fact that through three movies, <laughs> you get to see the rise and fall and a transfer from father and son and back you know travel in time and all that stuff just it's i guess they didn't travel through time you got to go back and see a prequel <laughs> Flash, <laughs> flashbacks yeah of how Vito became to power and then all the stuff with the michael being le- legitimate they were they were always going legitimate the corleones never quite made it mm-hmm. so yes corleones. legitimate huh almost made it <laughs> kate don't ask my business so it will be legitimate. Mm-hmm. All right. I have a crap load of honorable mentions here. Go on. All right. Well, mm-hmm. Tony Montaigne. I don't know the name of his thing. <laughs> From um, Scarface. I had the Marvel one I had was Kingpin's criminal organization from Daredevil. Oh, nice. Um, okay. I have Falcone's crump. <laughs> Uh, crime organization from Batman mm-hmm. and I have Talon Card from Alex do you know uh, sounds familiar 
One of the Thrawn books? Yes, from the Thrawn trilogy. Oh, that's right. He takes over. He basically becomes the new head of the crimes when uh, Jabba's killed in Return of the Jedi. See, that guy's called a hut, isn't he? No. Talon card. <laughs> mm-hmm. The hut. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh. Uh, I mean, Pizza the Hut. I don't know if you're thinking of that. Yeah. Uh, honorable mention to more comic book stuff, The Hand, uh, which is much more effective in the, the Daredevil series than it was in the Electra movie. Um, <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Scott, you know what's better than The Hand? The Foot the, Clan. The Foot Clan. Yes. yes. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, Never lower your eyes to an enemy. So, <laughs> hey. all right, yeah. Anything, Alex? All right, well, nope. Are you? All right, it's time for Alex. No sports. I'm Alex, and I like sports. Sports ball. Who'd have thought you can get suspended in baseball for making faces at a batter? <laughs> but you can. Yep, that happened. And I love his quote-unquote apology on fa- that he uh, Facebooked or tweeted out or whatever. It's pretty awesome. The, so a lot of times you see these non-apology apologies from from public figures where they, they hedge it by saying, I'm sorry if what I did like offended somebody or upset somebody or whatever. They never actually say, I'm sorry for what I did. Joe Kelly didn't even do that. <laughs> yeah, he sure didn't. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, he also threw it threw at the guy's head, but he didn't hit it. Yeah, well, I'm just saying. I don't know. I don't. I don't. If you shoot at a guy and miss, you're still going to get in trouble. I don't know that he like was that close to his head. (laughs) I mean, I it's the Astros. They should be able to do anything they want to, and they should be fair game for all I'm concerned. Yeah. Cheating mm-hmm. scumbags. I like. I like that the Astros are still crying about all this. Like they're the victims here somehow. Yeah, exactly. So good for Joe Kelly. All right, it's time for Neem News. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was yeah. Okay. Um, so just starting off with a, a bit of sad news here uh, that uh, actor Wilford Brimley has has passed away. Um, mm-hmm. You know, in more recent years, mostly just known as the diabetes guy <laughs> uh, or, or eat your oatmeal. Um, but he, he was on some um, some great stuff. Uh, you know, something recently I added to my list. Um, Rima Williams' Adventure Begins. Uh, but perhaps uh, most well known for, or, or at least probably most well regarded is uh the thing uh one of the the all-time scenes when they go out to the the i don't know is it the shed i don't even know what to call it but they've locked wilford brimley in there and they they open the door and you see like the new swinging in the background and they basically just ignore him because they they didn't come to talk to him they just came to look in the room and he just is talking at them saying I feel better. <laughs> I'm okay, man. I want to go back inside. I'm, okay I'm, okay. I'm cold. It's cold. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's yeah, such a great. Such a, that's yeah. such a great awesome. scene. Fantastic. Um, and and Wilford's great there. Then he also goes ham earlier <laughs> when he takes the uh, the fire axe to all the <laughs> they communication. Us. Yeah. 
uh, yeah. So and then uh, Cocoon. Um, You're missing a big one, Scott. The Witherspoons. I don't know what that is. <laughs> and then of course, one. yeah, yeah I, I know. Hard He's, target. Yeah, hard target. Yeah, thank you, Alex. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with the Cajun accent, the Creole accent. Um, yeah, he's he's the the manager in the Natural, and he's great. You're also bit, missing another big one, Scott. What? <laughs> yeah, I know what this is. <laughs> oh, oh, um, it's not the first Ewok adventure. It's the. <laughs> What's the, I don't even know the name of that guy. The Battle of it, the Battle, Battle for Endor. The Battle for Endor. Yep. Wow. Oh, that's on my list, and we're gonna watch it in, in honor of Wilford Brimley. I think. Mm-hmm. God, I, <laughs> I. I don't know what was worse, like watching Dune or watching the, the Ewok adventure. Do we do the Ewok adventure? Oh, yes, yet? we did, Jeff. Yeah, the character. <laughs> we we did fucking the did. Of Courage. Yes, we did. All right. Well, this might be the last Star Wars movie we have left. Ugh. Anyways, uh, so yeah. Again, sad news. Um, you know, mo- moving on to uh, a quick. Wait, sorry. He also had a nice episode of Seinfeld. Oh, that's right. He was also in Seinfeld. <laughs> he played the general post. What do you postmaster, postmaster general? General. <laughs> Kramer, Kramer didn't want the mail anymore. Yeah. Do you like golf, Mr. Kramer? <laughs> he's he's good. R.I.P. Uh, R.I.P. All right, sorry. Go ahead, Scott. Uh, so, the Umbrella Academy season two is now out on Netflix, as of uh, last Friday from this recording. Uh, I watched the first episode of of season two, and I enjoyed it. I, I think they they picked up. Uh, where they left off from the last season, and they—they, they, I feel like yeah. they hit the ground running. Like I, I was really enjoying it. Whereas first season, the Umbrella Academy, a uh, couple of the the episodes definitely fell fell flat for me. Um, but if they can keep up this this kind of energy and and some of the stuff to do with the characters right off the bat, um, I look forward to, to finishing out this the second season here. Um, so if anybody did watch the the first season um you know i already recommend it at least watching the the first episode of season two did did either of you guys watch umbrella academy yes no okay um yeah i think you know i know jeff you take all of our recommendations with a grain of salt but um it's 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 comic <laughs> it's like mountain of salt yeah mountain of salt it's uh <laughs> it, it is uh based on the graphic novel um uh, people with superpowers uh, yeah, I, I recommend you give it a shot, Jeff. I don't know, maybe. No, I've heard good things. I just haven't had time to watch yeah. anything. It's it's but definitely like I, I think like so we got this and the boys. I don't know when the boys is coming back. Um, these these are two very different, uh, or at least tonally very different shows. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, again, I'm looking forward to to finishing this out. I, I think I'll try to take my time with it and not binge watch it, but we'll see. Who knows? Um, and then finally, uh, I don't think I mentioned this last week. Um, stop me if, if I did, but uh, I I think this has been around for a couple months now. But I just learned about it was the uh, that there's a, <laughs> a Jason Reitman 
um, did a kind of super cut um, during the quarantine right now of The Princess Bride. Um, that's, I don't know, I think the whole thing is just shy of four minutes. Um, when at least the, the finished cut of it, um, it is definitely worth a watch. Um, they, he basically got a, a bunch of, um, uh, actors and, and other celebrities where they're like, sometimes they're only like, and then they filmed like wherever they're in the quarantine and they use like whatever props they have at hand. So like at one point you see like Hugh Jackman, like with a pot on his head to represent a crown. Like that kind of stuff, you know. People filming on their phones, and they send it all into Reitman, and he cut it together. Uh, but yeah, basically, the, the whole movie plays out over the course of four minutes, um, and it's 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 really funny. Um, and uh, yeah, if, if you're a fan of The Princess Bride, it's it, it's worth five minutes of your time. And uh, you know, without spoiling anything, the uh, the 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 final scene or the the final um, cameo, I guess. Uh, was was kind of got kind of got dusty. <laughs> um, so yeah, please, please, if you're a fan of Princess Bride, uh, do yourself a favor and, and check out this Princess Bride supercut. Um, yeah, you 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 really will enjoy it. And uh, yeah, that's that's all I wanted to talk about. Uh, Alex, anything you want to mention? Um, yeah, I picked up uh, Link's Awakening for the Nintendo Switch. This, this is video the game review. this is the the updated. Like, remake, right? Yes. Okay. From the Game Boy Classic. And I played the Game Boy one way back in the day. Yep. And I loved that game. And this one is just... It's even more adorable, if that's possible. The art style is fantastic. The the gameplay is great. Uh, it's been, like, decades, of course. So all the puzzles seem fresh to me. Even though I think they updated a couple of them here and there. Uh, it's still an awesome game. I recommend it. Yeah, if you don't like Jeff, I know you don't like, uh, whatchamacallit, Breath of the Wild, so this one's going to be right up your alley. <laughs> <laughs> don't sound so That's, yeah. <laughs> Well, I was trying to say, like, I like Breath of the Wild, it's just too much for me, these, I just can't. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, if they, you know, dream remakes or whatever, like, at this point, like, I, I don't know. Like every once in a while, I I talk about how jaded I feel with everything, but uh, you know if they they did one of those for links or for links of the past, that'd be rad. Like not necessarily with that that same kind of more cartoonish level of graphics, um, but just kind of like a complete remake with the uh, like the high res. Like nah, leave it alone. Huh. I mean, it yeah. does need it for sure. True. True. But I mean, they kind of actually, you know what? They kind of already did that with um. Uh, what what was the? I think I let you borrow it, Alex. It was the yeah the 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 one where you could become like wall art or graffiti. Yeah, yeah, and that that was basically they they basically took That's... a link to the past and then updated it with that. So I guess it kind of already mm-hmm. exists. Yeah, I forget what it's called though. <laughs> That's, that's oh, one yeah, of the. It's not the Phantom Hourglass. Yeah, it's it's like one of four games I've beaten over the last five years. <laughs> Actually, finished that one out. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. So, New Zelda. But yeah, is awesome. is Link to the Past the one that has the most direct sequels? Because I know Link's Awakening is a sequel of that, also. Right. So he's got that. I feel like Phantom Hourglass then spins out of that. No, uh, the Phantom Hourglass is from uh, Wind Waker. Is it from Wind Waker? Yeah. Okay. 
I don't know. The timeline of the Zelda games is so convoluted. Yeah, there against is against it's just, it's, against when the games have actually been released. Yeah, it's better if you just think of each Zelda series as its own thing. Each Zelda game, I should say, as its own like contained universe. Because if you try to go beyond that, it's nuts. All right, anything there else, Alex? Is. Nope. All right, Jeff. Anything you wanted to go over? Um, oh, I have no news, but I have not left this Jabba the Hutt Wikipedia page, so <laughs> let me uh, yeah, drop, drop, drop some knowledge on us, Jeff. Yeah. All right, well, as I already said, Jabba's name is not Jabba the Hutt, it's Jabba... Jabba the Water. Tiahur. Um, he hailed from Nalhutta. Uh, right. I'm, I'm not even going to click that link. But he was born <laughs> in 600 BBY, which is before the Battle of Yavin. So, He's old. he was over 600 years old when he was killed by Princess Leia. I did not know the Huts lived that long. Did you? I knew that they I were... I think, they I, were I, think I knew they were long-lived. But yeah, I, I, would, I never would have been able to guess that he was 700 years old. Yeah. Um, he's the nephew of Zero the Hut, which Alex knows who that is. <laughs> it's the most annoying hut ever. Yeah, and uh, his mother left enough mark on him that years later he would force... A dancer, Yarnold Dolgargan, to wear special oh. makeup to make her look more like his genetrix. So that's and the she, six. She her up too. That's the yeah. That's the six boob dancing lady in Jabba's palace. So yeah, he made her eat a lot <laughs> so she would gain weight. Yep. Uh, poor Yarnold Dolgargan. Yeah. Um, later on, he opened up some grandstands for pod races. A lot of this is just like stitching together moments from the movies, but. That's pretty much all I got. There's a bunch of stuff in here. Apparently he met Darth Vader. Apparently he met Queen Amidala and Anakin Skywalker at some point. Uh, okay. Um, he hired Snice Noodles to kill Zero the Hut. That's interesting. Snice <laughs> <laughs> Noodles? Yeah. yeah. Uh-oh. All right. And um, where's this one? that I Somehow Darth Maul's involved. I'm, I'm really skipping over this. I just want to say um, he put a bounty... Uh, <laughs> Solo dropped the cargo, so he put a bounty on his head. One such hunter was Greedo, who confronted Solo in the cantina in Mos Eisley. But Solo killed the Rodian bounty hunter before he could kill Solo. Don't that's put right. that in there. No, before he could kill Solo. No, just he was killed by Solo. That's it. I'm still. I'm never letting it go. <laughs> never forget. Um, well, I mean, he does say over my dead body, and then Greedo says that's the idea. So you get. Greedo doesn't shoot at all, but you get the idea that he's going to kill him. So Han Solo kills him. I mean, apparently there's the Tuscan wine affair. There's <laughs> Whoa, oh. that, that so, was a so, one hell of a cotillion. So, qu- question for you guys: <laughs> yeah. Why why is the the Battle of Yavin so important that they based an entire age around it? I don't know that, but when on Star Wars a character, they always do that. Like that's the BC. Of uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's the turning point of the Galactic Civil War, but yeah, I don't know why it's that and not any of the other wars or battles. I don't know. So wait, I, the Galactic Civil War is not what's going on in New Hope, right? No, yes. that is. That's the start yes. of it, basically. So wait, what? So, but I thought you said Jabba. Oh, he was you born said, 600. Oh, yeah, okay, I see. I see what you're saying. He was born 600 years before the Battle of Yavin. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yes. So I forget when Return of the Jedi is. Is another 
10 years. I don't know. Something well, they, like that. They, well, they fucked up on that date because <laughs> the, the uh, episode 789. What? Yeah. I'm saying like what the, well, the emperor was still around. Spoilers. Well, yeah, we're still around after Battle of Yavin, too. Battle of Yavin's the first one. That's New Hope. Is it New Hope? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why they decided to pick BBY as the <laughs> that time, but it is. And I, I just that's all. It sounded cool, BBY. <laughs> I guess they could have done BBE for Battle of Indoor. I, I don't know, but I mean, what Wilfred Brimley would it say about that? I don't know. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, yeah, that's all I got. I just found it fascinating that he's six hundred years old, and um, that's Yoda. Yeah. How old's Yoda when he? 900 joins the force yeah. when 900 years you reach Whew. look as good you will not but he died of natural causes Jabba was in his prime when Leia killed him <laughs> so there you go are they like is is he like a sandworm where he'll just keep getting bigger and live indefinitely I don't know shy, like, shy Halud the, no <laughs> the great maker no he was not like Shai Halim. Okay. Okay. Well, Jabba was 600. So I guess only four years happened between uh, BBY and when he was in return, beginning of Return of the Jedi. So he was 604. Jabba, we, we hardly knew ye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's true. Right. Uh, any, anything else <laughs> we want to go over from Wikipedia, Chip? Well, I just know that he was met uh, by uh, Baron Papanoida, which is the George Lucas character. At one point, he met Jabba. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I'm done. I'll, maybe I'll do this as, since we kind of stopped on some of our other stuff we were doing. I'll just take a character. And this is way too much. Like, this is... <laughs> more information than any mortal man should hold. Yeah, and this is only the new stuff in canon. I guarantee if I... Because they have canon and they have legends, which is all the books that... Stuff that happened before Disney took over. And I guarantee you, I just clicked on this and... We, we yeah, live in an unprecedented time in human history where the collected knowledge of the history of the world is at our fingertips. And people spend... <laughs> hundreds of hours updating Wikipedia. Yeah. Yep. Yay. Yeah. All right, that's all I got. So, anything right. else? No, no. Uh, just nope. Uh, everyone, be excellent to each other. Stay yeah, safe. Keep staying safe. Wear a mask. Please, for the love of Pete, wear a mask when you go outside. Yeah. Yeah. For the love of God. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, that's all I got, so uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We at Hans Shop First would like to thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. We would love to hear from you, so feel free to contact us on Facebook and Twitter at Hans Shop First. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are greatly appreciated and help us get more exposure. Once again, thanks for listening and supporting the podcast.